0: It is Friday, December 9th here in Draft Shark Studios in Rochester, New York. Welcome to our Week 14 DraftKings podcast. I'm your host, Matt Schauff. With me, as always, is Jared Smoll. And Jared, where are you going at cash quarterback on DraftKings this week? Is it going to be cheap or are you paying up? It's cheap for me. Um, I have
1: two... Kind of variations of of a cash line if I'm still deciding between. It's either going to be Geno Smith or Jared Goff for me. I think they're both really strong plays. Geno, a bit more expensive at 6,200. Goff, 5,600. We'll have to see about this right shoulder that Geno popped up on the injury report. Uh, limited practice on Thursday. We'll see how that shakes out later today. DK Metcalf added to the injury report on Thursday, too. So there, there's some questions there. Again, I do think Jared Goff, that's kind of where I'm leaning at this point, to save the 600 bucks. Goff is playing well lately. 69% completion rate, 7.6 yards per attempt over his last four games. As we talked about on yesterday's uh, preview podcast, we saw the Lions go pass heavy in terms of pass rate over expected against a Jags defense last week that is you know tougher against the run. Than the past, the Vikings aren't quite as big of a a pass funnel, but they are tougher against the run in the past. So we could see pretty nice volume from Goff again this week, and this is just kind of the game to attack on the main slate too. You know, easily the highest over under of the week, this Lions Vikings game. So I I feel good about Goff at this price tag. He feels pretty safe to me.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. I agree with both of those guys being in contention. I'll be watching Geno Smith's injury. When I saw him pop up, I was quickly searching for news, and I'm I'm gonna hope that. The fact that there weren't reports like, "Uh uh-oh, Gino hurt his right shoulder in practice today. Watch out for this week. I'm going to guess that because of that, it was just a slight tweak. They limited him in that day. And we'll get back to you know, something close to full today, but we'll certainly be watching that. But either way, even if Gino is good to go, Jared Goff looks like a good play, 5,600 bucks. He's also carrying the highest ownership projection at yeah. the position for DraftKings in our lineup generator right now. So like that doesn't matter for Cash. He beats the other 5K guys and floor for me. We've got Ryan Tannehill, Tyler Huntley, Trevor Lawrence because of the foot. Um, I think he would be in contention if he didn't have that injury that he was contending with. Better matchup for Jared Goff. Than Daniel Jones, but I think the high ownership is going to take Jared Goff out of tournament lineup contention for yeah. me here, just because, you know, he is, for one, still Jared Goff. And even though he's been playing well lately, if he had a stinker, we wouldn't be like, where did this come from? I thought he was the perfect quarterback. The other thing is, he's still a bit iffy on ceiling 24.6 yeah. DraftKings points last week, but he's had just three other games of 20 plus DraftKings points this season. He's reached 27 points once that was back in week four against seattle so i'm not saying the ceiling is definitely not there i'm just not as sure that it's there as i am with some other guys yeah chalk jared goff just seems like a guy we shouldn't be
1: playing in tournaments so he he is tempting like he's obviously an easy stack with Amon ross st brown who's also still a pretty nice value on this slate but i'm gonna try to, to stay away from goff in tournaments at that ownership
0: Yeah. And I'm on Ross St. Brown, as you mentioned, 7,800 bucks for him. That's still underpriced versus the safety that he brings relative to the other top producers. He's second in our DK dollars per point at the position at wide receiver. You know, despite that price being decently high, he leads all wide receivers in ownership projection by a wide margin right now. Twenty five percent ownership projection for him. So that stack is not sneaking up on anybody for tournament play, but it is an easy stack to start with. For um cash lineups. And really, Jared, maybe the best place to play Goff this week is in the underdog battle royale because he's currently sitting seventh in QB ADP. Those, of course, are six team drafts that then go into a tournament field. So if it's six teams per draft and Goff is seventh in quarterback ADP, that means he's not always getting picked. You know, you're gonna have to take Amon Ross St. Brown very early. He's number three in ADP. In that draft format right now, Justin Jefferson is the top overall player. So you're not going to stack Jefferson and St. Brown together, but you could get St. Brown. You could get Goff late. You can add in DJ Chark, Adam Thielen. Those guys are actually tied for 20th in wide receiver ADP. And we're talking a format here where no more than 18 wide receivers can get selected in a given draft. So if you've got a Goff, St. Brown, and then either Chark or Thielen lineup, there probably aren't a whole lot of other duplicates of that in the tourney
1: yeah the the underdog drafts and you know the sleeper drafts too. the same concept are super interesting just trying to figure out you know how contrarian you want to get because the the rosters are so small like you look at the teams that win these final things like you you basically need like the perfect team like the top scoring position the top scoring guy at every position so you have to ask yourself you know what are the odds golf is maybe not the top guy but at least the top Three quarterback on the main slate. How do those odds compare to the ownership? As you said, you know, he's probably going to be owned in only you know, twenty-five or something percent of these drafts. so uh, super interesting. I'm looking at my um underdog exposure so far. I've done eight of these drafts so far this week. Don't have any Jared Goff yet, um, but might might mix him in, in the uh, the last few drafts I do this week.
0: Yeah, I'm certainly not saying draft Jared Goff every time, but you know, if you're like if you're looking at him on DK and you're like, ah, if everybody's got him, I don't want him. Here's a place right. to get him where not everybody has him. If you haven't played on underdog yet, I mean Drafting for me is just a more fun way to play DFS. I would rather draft these teams yeah. than just sit there with my salary cap and s- set a lineup and guess what everybody else is doing. So if you ha- if you feel the same way and you haven't done these yet, make your first deposit. Use promo code DraftSharks. You'll get that first deposit matched up to 100 bucks, And then you can just play for free for a while. Win some money. You can play for free forever. We'll get back to DraftKings lineup building now. And on the tourney side, Jared, that shoulder thing for Gino might make him a little bit comfier for tournament play Mm -hmm. and his ownership projection right now is lower than I would have guessed so I really like the Geno Smith plus either of his wide receivers maybe both in certain builds plus Noah Fant who gives you some salary relief on a slate that's going to be tough to fit some top options so I I really like the combo of value and upside and you know relatively low ownership rate in the Seattle stack here
1: yeah definitely like Geno for tournaments um I would double stack them. I'm not sure I'd do the triple stack with both wideouts and fant, but I think um, both wideouts or one of them with fant makes a lot of sense. I like uh, Dante Foreman as the runback on that team. Um, you know, If that game is going to stay close enough where Geno does hit a ceiling, I think it's going to be because Foreman is having a big game on the ground. So I do like that tournament stack. I like Joe Burrow for tournaments. Uh, he's coming in with decent ownership, 7%, I think, last I saw. He has 30-plus DK points in two of his last three games now and four times overall this season. So he he's consistently shown you know, the ability to be that tournament-winning quarterback. The Browns haven't been stopping anything lately. They've been bad against the run. They've been bad against the pass to the uh, 23rd of Football Outsiders pass defense TVOA over the last five weeks. And then my um, super-crazy tournament play of the week, Ryan Tannehill down at 5,200 bucks. The, the tough thing with Tannehill is like, who do you stack him with? Um, you know, it looks like Traylon Burks is worse. not going to play. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I like, I like a Christian Kirk run back on this team, um, but just 5,200 bucks for Tannehill. Um, we talked on yesterday's preview show about how, you know, Tennessee has kind of shifted to being a more balanced offense over the past four or five weeks with Derrick Henry struggling. And, Maybe they go that way again this week. You know, This was the matchup where we saw the Lions and Jared Goff go, you know, pass heavier last week against Jacksonville. Jack's 31st in football outsiders past defense DVOA over the past five weeks. They're 25th in adjusted fantasy points allowed to quarterbacks on the season. So, you know, 5,200 bucks for Tannehill. If you can get 25 points out of him, that might be enough.
0: Yeah, I don't think I'll get there, but I can understand the idea that one way to play Ryan Tannehill could be him and Derrick Henry. And I know the initial idea is, Play Ryan Tannehill because it's not really working with Derrick Henry lately. But I don't have the numbers currently in front of me. But huge Derrick Henry games have not necessarily been bad Ryan Tannehill games in the past. We've seen lots of them getting there together because you know one helps drive the other. Either Tennessee jumps out to a lead passing early and hands the ball a lot to Derrick Henry late. Or the defense dealing with Derrick Henry just makes it easier to throw the ball. So, you know, it is tough to pick a pass catcher to go with Tannehill. I feel like you don't really have to. You could just play him naked, as the kids say, and then seriously run back one or two Jaguars wide receivers on the other side because they're more attractive. I do think that Trevor Lawrence at 5,700 – Is attractive here as well. You know, the foot injury keeps him out of cash consideration, but the salary is good. Mm -hmm. Um, He wasn't nearly as bad last week as the fantasy numbers might indicate. Dealt with some wide receiver drops. The Detroit D has been playing well lately. So this week we've got him, we've got Christian Kirk, we've got Zay Jones, we've got Evan Ingram all in single digits in projected ownership. And that's kind of the good thing about the way last week went. And now we've got this matchup that just favors throwing the ball. Tennessee is the sixth best QB scoring matchup by our adjusted fantasy points allowed. Dominating run defense. So opponents are passing at the league's highest rate over expected for the season. Um, And the Jaguars have shown lately that they're not going to force the run. They're happy to go ahead and throw the ball if that's what makes sense. So I really like the upside of the Jacksonville stack here. Yeah, I like this game in general, which maybe I shouldn't because it has a forty-one
1: point over/under. But you know, it's the type of game that you know, that over/under is going to keep people off it. And you know, as we've said, both these defenses are, are kind of pass funnels, which you know could lead to more plays, more
0: points in this game. Running back, and I think my top guy for cash is another reason to like Joe Burrow in tournaments because Joe Mixon's back. His salary is under 7K. The Pittsburgh game that he left early with that concussion is just the second time all season that he's been in single digits for PPR scoring. And even with that game, he's still fifth among running backs in touches per game on the year. So he should be a very good bet for opportunities for scoring upside. Cleveland's the second best scoring matchup for running backs by our adjusted fantasy points allowed. But he's going to be on a whole lot of rosters this week.
1: Yes, that's a good point. Um, you know, Burrow kind of gives you the leverage off of Joe Mixon, who's going to be, you know, 20 plus percent home. But I do like Mixon for cash. I'm not worried about the ownership. Good matchup against the Browns. Uh, Bengals, five and a half point home favorites with a 26 point implied total. Um, head coach Zach Taylor said this week, too, you know, in case you were wondering, that Mixon still is their guy. Um, I don't expect much change to the workload split, despite, you know, P. Ryan's two pretty solid games with mixing out. So I like mixing for cash. Um, I like Dalvin cook for cash too. He's just, you know, for a while now he's been getting a really nice workload, 75 plus percent of Minnesota's offensive snaps in six straight games. If you omit that blowout loss to the Cowboys when uh, the Vikings pulled starters late in that game Uh, cook averaging 17.7 carries and 4.3 targets over those six games and the Lions defense has been better. It's more of the past defense that's improved. That They're still mid-pack against the run in Football Outsiders' defensive DVOA over the last five weeks
0: fantasy players are funny wondering if Samaj P Ryan has done enough to supplant or take work away from Joe Mixon. Like he had a really good game last week against a soft cheese defense the week before he had 93 total yards on 21 touches. So, I mean, it, it was nice, but that's why he's, that's why he's the backup. That's why he was in when Joe Mixon was gone. He's not as good as Joe Mixon. I, I think there are a bunch of other options you can consider toward the top of our dollars per point rankings in the lineup generator. I, I want to say I do think that DeAndre Swift is in play here, 5,800 bucks. He might seem yeah. shaky because he started this week limited with the ankle on the practice report. I'm going to go ahead and play him for cash because he got back to full practice on Thursday. Obviously, we'll watch and see where Friday goes to confirm, but the full practice Thursday tells me that, It was more a matter of resting him than, oh, no, his ankle is weakened by that workload last week. I could be wrong. It could certainly bite me. But, you know, this is where we take chances on that. And, you know, if I'm right in not worrying about the ankle, he got 20 opportunities last week. You're just not getting 20 opportunities from a sub 6K starting back on a home favorite without some question mark. So I just I'm not too worried about the question mark in this case.
1: Yeah, Swift is like not one of the first guys in my cash lineup, but he, he, I think I am going to end up playing him um, as that third running back in the flex spot. just a nice price. We don't even need the 14 carries we got last week. Like give us eight to 10 carries. We really just want the target volume. He has 14 targets over his last two games. He's averaging nearly five targets per game over the six games back from injury, even when he, you know he was on a limited snap count in, in most of those games. And the, the Vikings uh, have allowed the sixth most running back catches, the second most running back receiving yards. And a lot of that has come recently. They gave up the big receiving game to Tony Pollard, 109 yards and two touchdowns for Pollard in that blowout win uh, for the Cowboys. Ramondre Stevenson caught nine passes against them on Thanksgiving. Uh, Zonovan Knight and Ty Johnson combined for 11 catches against Minnesota last week. So, yeah, I, I, I think you're basically just playing Swift for that pass catching production. Anything he gives you on the ground is kind of a bonus.
0: Mm-hmm. On the tourney side, Mixon and Swift are both tracking for high ownership, higher ownership than I would like here. I'm a little bit more willing to stick with Mixon through that than I am Swift because there is risk. There's some risk that that ankle is tweaked. There's just some risk that he doesn't succeed on the ground or gives the touchdowns to Jamal Williams. So I mm-hmm. lean away from him at higher ownership here. What do you like for tournament running back? Yeah, I think I'm going to have a rule where I play
1: Tony Pollard or Zeke Elliott in every tournament lineup I make this week. Um, I think one of them is going to have a big game, if not both of them. You know, Dallas 17 and a half point home favorites with a 30.75 point implied total against the Texans. Zeke, by the way, he has 16 plus draftings points in four straight games now. He hasn't topped 18.1 all season, so I guess that's kind of the argument against him is he hasn't had that blow up game yet. But he hasn't hit the hundred yard bonus yet, uh, which which you know has a big part to do with that so i think i think he could definitely get there this week so i like the cowboys backs um then i like miles sanders as a tournament play this week too um 6200 bucks he has he's had three tough matchups among his last four washington indianapolis and tennessee the other game was the packers um that was a it was, was at a sunday night game it wasn't on the main slate it was a primetime mm-hmm. game um he had 143 yards and two touchdowns in that game for 34 Drafting points. I think that's the type of upside he has in this matchup against the Giants. Um, You know, the Giants aren't good against the run over the pass, so the Eagles could attack them either way. But I I think they're definitely going to shift more towards the run than we saw in that game against Tennessee last week.
0: Yeah. Sanders is averaging something like 5.3 yards per carry in his career against the giants. And that's a span that has included Dexter Lawrence and Leonard Williams, the D lineman for the giants the entire time. So it's a, it's been a positive matchup for him. I like the Dallas guys as well. I've got them down. I think it's not crazy to play both of them in the same lineup, considering the way Dallas has been running and the way Houston matches up Dallas is among the run heaviest offenses in the league versus expectation. Um, both for the season and recently, and Houston is driving the most rushing over expectations. So, we've got a team that wants to give the ball to the running backs plenty. We've got a defense that is encouraging teams to give it to the running backs plenty. We also have twice in the past three games that both of these guys topped 17 PPR points together in the same game. So, we don't have to say this is what could happen. We've seen it. They can both deliver in the same game, and there aren't going to be a whole lot of both Dallas running backs lineups out there. So I'm not saying this is your primary tournament build, but I wouldn't mind doing it a few times.
1: Yeah, I think it's viable. I mean, you know, 17 points out of both guys isn't enough to win a tournament, but if you can get, you know,
0: I think you probably need
1: like 50 combined between them, which which I, it is possible in this matchup, I think.
0: Yeah. And when I say 17 over 17 points for both of them, it's been one of them scoring more than 20, like 25 plus and the other one scoring 17 or 18. So, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens in this ultimate matchup against Houston for wide receiver. What do you like for cash? Yeah, so
1: um, Chris Godwin and Christian Kirk are my first two guys in. I think they're both just excellent target bets for the price tag. Godwin 6,700 bucks. He's averaging 11 targets over his last five games, and it's not like he's had like one huge spike target week and you know, the rest have been kind of low. He has eight-plus targets in all five of those games. The Niners are just 25th in adjusted points allowed to wide receivers and they're actually a better matchup for slot receivers than outside receivers Godwin of course um, 66% of his snaps in the slot this season so it's a good individual matchup for him and then Christian Kirk eight targets last week he has eight plus targets in four straight games now seven plus targets in six straight games and as we said you know this should be a pass heavy game from Jacksonville against this Titans defense Tennessee dead last in adjusted fantasy points allowed to wide receivers.
0: I like Zay Jones on the other side of that one, $4,700 salary for him on DK this week and the silver lining for him individually from that bad week 13 game where he dropped three passes. It brought his salary back down 200 bucks after three street, three straight weeks of increase on that front. His targets. Meanwhile, over the past three games have gone 10, 7. he's 13th among all wide receivers in target share over the past four weeks. We'll watch Trevor Lawrence, but he says he's going to play through the foot injury. So uh, even if yeah. you don't feel comfortable betting on Trevor Lawrence in lineups, I think that's enough to make Zay Jones a pretty good value at his um, salary. And, you know, we already mentioned Tennessee, a big time pass funnel matchup. So the volume should be there.
1: Yep. Yeah, you definitely need Lawrence to play um, to play Kirk or Zay Jones, I think, in cash. So I'll keep an eye on that. Um, the two other guys I'm considering, again, I'm kind of working with two different cash lineups at this point, um, but Garrett Wilson, I still think he's in play at $5,900, um, 26% target share from Mike White over the past two weeks. He went for eight catches and 92 yards against the Bills a few weeks ago with Zach Wilson at quarterback. Buffalo just 18th in Football Outsiders pass defense DVOA over the past five weeks they're just 18th and adjusted points allowed to wide receivers on the season. So it's a, it's a fine matchup for, for Garrett Wilson. I think he's going to continue to get the volume. And then you know, if I have to go with a, a cheap wide receiver in that third spot, I do think Zay Jones is in play. I also don't mind Michael Gallup at 4,600 bucks. I kind of, Want some exposure to this Cowboys offense in my cash game lineup. You know, they have easily the highest implied total on the main slate. Um, Gallup just 4,600 bucks. He has a 25% target share over the past two weeks, 15 total targets over that span. I think, you know, he's, he's looked healthy, you know, finally coming off that ACL, which I think makes sense with the timeline. You know, he's about nine months removed from it, 10 months removed from it now. Um, so he, he should start, you know, looking closer to hundred percent.
0: Yeah, I think you're going to need some salary relief somewhere. Obviously, you look at Michael Gallup and you're like, I don't know how many targets he's going to get. He might let you down. That might be the case, but you got to pay down somewhere. We'll talk about tight ends soon, but, um, you know, let's say you're starting out with the Goff, Amon Ross, St. Brown, Justin Jefferson stack, whether it's cash or tournament, you got to pay down somewhere. What do you think about ultimately paying down for Philip Dorsett or Kendall Hinton? 3K, 3,400 for the two of them. Each of those guys could lead their offenses in pass routes this week. You're obviously not expecting anything big, and I'm not sure I'd do it for tournament purposes because I don't think the upside's there for either guy. But for cash, you're basically just hoping for three to four catches and some decent yards.
1: Yeah, they're not going to make my cash line. I think they're okay. I, I think they're in play for tournaments, actually, just for what they let you do elsewhere. If you can get you know 15 points out of a 3K wide receiver. I think Chris Moore is the other guy in that mix. Uh, he's going to be the, you know, the other starting wide receiver for Houston. With uh, Nico Collins and Brandon Cooks out, so I, I think they're definitely worth considering. You know, mess around with the lineup, see what they let you fit in.
0: On the tournament side, what else do you like at wide receiver? Yeah, so Jamar Chase
1: at seventy nine hundred bucks is our top. Dollars per point value at wide receiver, and he's coming in at just fifteen percent projected ownership. So if that if if that ownership holds in that range, I'm definitely going to be playing a lot of Chase in tournaments. We know about the upside he has. Tyler Lockett, I like at sixty five hundred bucks, pretty low ownership on him. He's actually the only wide receiver with a ninety nine point nine matchup advantage, according to Pro Football Focus this week. And they kind of look at you know where Lockett lines up and the the corners he's going to face on the Panthers. He has you know the best matchup of the week, according to PFF. Debo Samuel 6100 bucks 4% projected ownership. I'm not saying that you know go, that the you know move to Purdy's good news for Debo, but it might help his target volume if he's you know running those shorter high, higher percentage routes. And I do also think there's a chance his rushing role grows if you know San Francisco does decide to go run heavier with Purdy under center. So Debo at that price tag at 4% ownership, I think he's worth a shot in turnies.
0: I agree. I have Jaguars and Seahawks wide receivers down here. We talked about Trevor Lawrence. We talked about Geno Smith. Even if you're not playing either of those quarterbacks, though, I think both of those sets of wide receivers look like they're going to go under owned by the current ownership projections in our lineup generator. So I would tap into those wide receiver cores, even if you're not using the wideouts. And then in kind of the same vein as Debo Samuel, Juju Smith Schuster at 5,600 bucks, just three percent projected ownership right now before his concussion. He had a three-game stretch that went five for 113 and a touchdown, seven for 124 and a touchdown, 10 for 88. He was back last week to leading Chiefs wide receivers in routes. I'm not betting on an ultimate Patrick Mahomes ceiling game this week but it is still Patrick Mahomes as his quarterback. Juju is the lead wide receiver for Patrick Mahomes. So this is an affordable way to make a slight bet on Patrick Mahomes in a week where you might not want to necessarily bet on the full ceiling game uh, for the chiefs QB.
1: I like it. And now you can, you know, make a little mini stack with Juju and Jerry Judy or Juju and Kendall in.
0: I think I'd Um, rather just play the one piece and stay away from the Broncos in a tournament lineup.
1: That's fine. Um, I do think, a Broncos wide receiver hitting, though, helps Juju ceiling. If the Denver can actually score and keep the Chiefs passing, that helps Juju. Yeah, I just don't
0: think that's possible. <laughs> right in for cash, this is where I might play a Bronco, actually, <laughs> yeah. Jared. Greg Dulcich, 3400 bucks. Nice combo of salary, opportunity, and matchup where they're heavy underdogs here. He finally got the targets last week, so we can at least for a week here not say, oh, yeah, he's running the routes. The targets are going to come at some point. They finally came, and it probably didn't hurt that – Cortland Sutton left early yeah. and Jerry Judy was not all the way back. He did play, but it was limited. He was third among wide receivers in routes for that game is still limited in practice this week. So, you know, there's still a path for Dulcich to get the target bump. And most importantly, the salary is really nice. Can give you relief elsewhere.
1: Yes. For me in cash, it's either Dulcich or it's chigo EM Um, he's 2,700 bucks. I and mean, he, he gives you a significant savings from Dulcich even Um, Season high route rate for Chig last week at 56%. He has five targets in two straight games. Now he's actually been targeted on 24% of his routes this season, which is a really strong number for a tight end. So the Titans have been looking to get him the ball when he's out there and they should be, you know, he, he might be, especially with Burks out this week, you know, he is their most explosive pass catcher. Um, He's averaging 18.3 yards per catch this season. It's on a small sample, obviously, but, and and the Jags are 31st in football outsiders tight end coverage ranking. So I think Chig is in play at that price tag for, for cash and tournaments.
0: I agree with that. I think Jordan Aikens is the other guy in the same category, 2,800 against the Cowboys. Not a great matchup, but he's seen 11 targets over the past two games. I think, like I said, that salary puts him in play for the same reasons that you say for Chikokonkwo, where you're not expecting a whole lot, but you get the salary relief. You get somebody who's been involved and a team that's likely to fall behind. I'm yep. not playing Greg Dulcich in attorney lineup because his ownership projection right now is almost double anybody else at tight end. And Denver just, like... Obviously that part scares me away and Denver doesn't have the ceiling potential where I'm like, yeah, but if you know, a third of the field has Dulcich and he scores two touchdowns, then I'm in trouble. That's not within the range of outcomes. I don't think that Russell Wilson's capable currently of throwing two touchdowns in a single game. So Instead of Dulcich, if I'm looking in the same range, I like Evan Ingram at 3,300, a much lower ownership against Tennessee, or Noah Fant, 3,100 against Carolina. Certainly, if I'm playing either of those quarterbacks, that further influences it. But I think they're in play even if you're not playing either of those quarterbacks. It doesn't hurt Fant that Will Disley, even though he returned to practice Thursday with a calf injury, was still limited for that one.
1: Yeah, I'm with you. I think Dalsich is an easy fade in tournaments of that ownership. Um, McConkle coming in at just 6% projected ownership. So I think he's definitely an option. I do like Ingram. I do like Fant. I think, as always, you got to decide what you want to do with Travis Kelsey. And I, I think Mark Andrews, I, I like Andrews this week. Um, so Kelsey's coming in at 11% projected ownership at 7,600 bucks. I, I still think he's a fine play. It's always a challenge to fit him in. Uh, Mark Andrews, 6,500 bucks, 4% projected ownership. He averaged 11 targets on a 31% target share in Tyler Huntley's five games last season. 8.6 catches, 100 yards per game in those five games with Huntley. Again, I don't, I'm not saying it's a quarterback upgrade for Andrews, but Huntley obviously, you know, leans on Mark Andrews, and, and that's going to continue because Baltimore's wide receiver core is even worse now than it was last season. Um, so I, I think Andrews at the ownership is, is a nice tournament play this week.
0: I agree. Uh, it, it doesn't have to be a QB upgrade. All you need for Mark Andrews is for people to be off him and his quarterback not to be the worst thing in the world. And then the upside's <laughs> there. And I like Mark Andrews as a tournament play over Travis Kelsey. Obviously, you know, Travis Kelsey's is capable of going off in any given game. I would lean away from him this week, though, because Kansas City has been passing the ball less lately, as we talked about on the Thursday preview pod, you know, still Over 60-40 in favor of the pass, but they have been down quite a bit. Seven percentage points in pass rate over the past four games versus the previous eight. And within those two spans, Travis Kelsey has seen his receptions per game fall by two per game. So, you know, it's not a reason to worry about Travis Kelsey overall, but it does kind of lower that. Yeah, but Travis Kelsey is going to go off this week and I'm scared to not have him. Yeah, I'm just looking through his box score here. I mean, his truly massive games, he, he's had two games over
1: 33 DK points. Those came in uh, 30 to 27 win over the Chargers and a 30, 29 win over the Raiders. So he has needed, you know, the, the shootout games to put up the games where you, know, you had to have Kelsey to have a chance to win a tournament.
0: Yeah, and that was the other point that I forgot to bring up here is that I don't think that Denver's going to hang with them. I think this is going to yeah. be a game where Kansas City's like, oh, we're, we can run the ball even more in this one. I mean, they ran the ball a lot last week in a loss to Cincinnati, so I wouldn't be shocked at all if they even lean a little bit further in that direction this week. Agreed. On defense, what do you like, Jared? I think in
1: cash, I'm playing the Jets at $2,500. Um, they scored 10 DK points against the Bills back in week nine, and the Bills in four games since – uh, have turned it over six times in that span. They've allowed nine sacks. So, you know, it hasn't really been that poor of a matchup for, for fantasy defenses. And again, you know, the Jets, Jets are a quality
0: defense. They you know, held the Bills to
1: 17 points and won that game back in week nine. So I think I think they're a
0: decent play at the price for cash. I agree. They sacked Josh Allen five times in that meeting. They picked him twice. So it's not like they just got lucky with one touchdown. It was a legitimately good defensive game. And, you know, is there a risk that the Bills score 30 points? Of course, but that's why it's a $2,500 defense. So uh, you pay for that. The Bills, it's also worth noting that Josh Allen masks it quite a bit from everybody but Adam Krautwurst, at least. But the, the talent on that Bills offense is really not very good outside of Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs.
1: Yeah, it's not as bad as Adam as it is but um, i don't mean to say league average i mean league average i think
0: like relative to what they score like you look at the offense and you're like that offense is amazing but if you break it down piece by piece you're like josh allen's really good stefan Diggs is really good the rest of those guys are they're some solid ones yep agreed agreed I think otherwise the Steelers 2,800 against Tyler Huntley is interesting. Five interceptions, four fumbles in Tyler Huntley's limited career as a starter. Buccaneers 2,900 against Brock Purdy. I mean, yep. the argument there is just we've never seen Brock Purdy start a game yet. He is, was Mr. Irrelevant in the draft this year, so he's probably not amazing. So there's some upside. Yes, I like the Bucks in tournaments at
1: 8% projected ownership. The Jets coming in with just 2%. Projected ownership, so I, I will definitely be playing them in tournaments. And then you, you have to decide what you're going to do with the Cowboys. They're 3,800 bucks. They're coming in at 13 percent projected ownership. I can I can sit here and say that they're decent tournament play. I can guarantee you when I actually sit down to make tournament lineups, I will not get up to the Cowboys at that price tag and at that ownership. You're you're, you're just fading a defensive touchdown. If they just don't score a defensive touchdown, they're they're going to be a good fade in tournament. So that's that's going to be my lean.
0: Mm-hmm. But they're certainly a defense well set up to score because oh, yeah. they have playmakers. So yeah, it's, it's one that's, that's scary to fade. I think it's honestly, I think it's scarier to full fade the Cowboys defense than it is to full fade Travis Kelsey this week.
1: I guess <laughs> <laughs> I I'm, I'm just looking through the Cowboys game locks too. they have like four massive games of, you know, 20 plus
0: decamp points this season. So I don't know, maybe I'll try to get him in one of my lineups at least. There you go. That'll do it. And that's going to do it for the week 14 DraftKings podcast. You can head to DraftSharks.com now to play around with our lineup generator, build your own lineups for DraftKings, FanDuel, and Yahoo. You can also find Jared's articles highlighting top picks for cash and tournament lineups on DraftKings this week. For Jared Smoll and the rest of the DraftSharks crew, I'm Matt Schaaf thanks so much for swimming with us.